Diane, it's 7.47 p.m. February 24th. The weather in New York, New York, it's 48 degrees Fahrenheit, 9 degrees Celsius. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt. My name is Matthew Olson. What a special day it is. Happy Twin Peaks Day to us all. To everybody, but especially whoever is still subscribed to this podcast feed. I don't think we ever did a Twin Peaks Day episode. I don't know if we ever overlapped or officially recognized it. I guess I could see if we published around that time. I feel like we haven't. I feel like we usually just do a tweet and call it good. If we remember. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if 2020 got one. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just do a quick, you know, scrub back through the archives while we get this introduction out of the way. Um, on January 20th, we missed David Lynch's 75th birthday. So a happy belated to David. It's 2021. It's chugging along. And we're still, I don't know about you, but my my life doesn't look too different from last time we did one of these. I'm still in home lockdown. That's it. Yeah. Uh, about the same here, really. Wouldn't it be nice if we had any variety in our lives at this point well we we have some uh twin peaks stuff to talk about today or twin peaks adjacent stuff to talk about not just the day um and for context i i have established now i I scrolled back uh we had our episode on variations on relations uh go up on february 21st 2016 and then a week after that we had uh, our episode on the path to the Black Lodge go up in 2016. So we were, we were podcasting around what would have been the first Twin Peaks day, in the show's existence, but we didn't do one. <laughs> so sorry about that. If you were, <laughs> if you were listening five years ago, jeez, wow. <laughs> but I mean, that I feels... I think I think we get a pass because we were doing real content at that time. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I, I was. I was gonna say like I'm impressed that we managed to get the episodes out spaced evenly out a week apart from one another, uh, in that stretch. What a time so. to be alive! But um, speaking of habits and rituals, David's um article in the New Yorker, which I think you're gonna talk about what we learned um relevant to upcoming projects, but he did stress the importance of um, habits so that you're or engaging in predictable habits and routines so that your consciousness is sort of free to generate ideas, uh, which is, I think, one of the principles from his book on creativity, Catching the Big Fish. So maybe maybe I need to be using all of this uh, monotony more wisely. I mean, he's he's certainly done an okay job of it, it seems. Uh, the article we're talking about is titled David Lynch's uh, Industrious Pandemic. I almost said illustrious, and it's like, well, I mean, he's launched a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Lynch's Industrious Pandemic by Howard Fishman uh, was uh, published just a couple days ago, February 21st. And there's not a ton of new news. In, in fact, like the reference uh, you made to... David's sort of philosophy about routine that that very much does connect to that book and then uh, Fishman goes into a couple other things that are sort of familiar territory if you if you follow David like him espousing transcendental meditation uh, and so forth and uh, there's a reference to David had thought he might stop doing the daily weather updates uh, this month and then saw the comments section and said, nope, I love these people. Like, I'll keep doing it. Uh, blue skies and sunshine 
all the way for all of us. Um, the bigger news from this, uh, and if you've been listening to the other recent episodes or, or following this elsewhere, you know there's rumblings of a project called Unrecorded Night uh, that David seems to be making for Netflix, some sort of limited series. Uh, there's speculation as to whether or not it's related to Twin Peaks. We don't know. Um, but it seems like he is in no big rush to start filming uh, while America is still in the middle of this pandemic. Um, let me get the exact wording here. Oh, let's see. Something, something, Transcendental Meditation. Something, something, YouTube. I've scrolled past it. In essence, he's not confirming anything, um, which is neither surprising nor I think all that concerning you know we just need to make sure that David Lynch and Werner Herzog and George Miller and Jane Fonda and all of our other esteemed elders make it out on the other side of this pandemic alive and well and then they can keep creating you know I we have at least two unfinished or as of yet unproduced Furiosa scripts that I need to see I fully support that strategy let's keep those four people safe above all no for, for those who haven't pulled up the article here's here's the bit in question and it's and it's even vaguer than i recall it being um though rumors persist of there being a lynch television project in the works he told me that for now production work of any kind for him is on indefinite hold he's open to the idea of getting back into directing when it makes sense quote i would never say no to anything if i fell in love with the material now that's silly because it seems like unrecorded night is definitely underway and definitely material that he has you know originated this is not some script that fell into his lap or something so he's just being coy i think yeah i mean we we certainly shall see and it but it it does seem like it will be a while before we shall see i should say yeah i i i wouldn't expect to see this any time before 2022 and, and given how production of the return went, like, yeah, I could see this being something that starts filming this year, maybe, and then takes, you know, more than a year to come out yeah. after editing and everything is all said and done. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's all we have for today. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty short one. I mean, no, we're going to we're going to do a little bit here about what we've been watching and up to and then we'll close it out. Have we done one since the new year? Yes, we did one. Okay. Well, I did complete my, you know, 100 movies. So I have been watching new movies, uh, which have just ended up in that 100 movies list. But um, I watched, did I talk about Come and See on the last podcast? It would be great if I could remember, like, anything I've ever done. We mostly talked about Hades, I think. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um. Yeah, I saw Come and See, which is this, like, 1985 Russian um, World War II movie by Elim Klimov, and it is, it has haunted me ever since. It was just, like, one of those times where, like, you're just in, like, the perfect mood for the movie that you're watching. It's, like, this incredibly immersive, hyper-real, but sometimes surreal movie and my heart was just pounding the entire um two hours i've really been watching a lot of world war ii content i think sita uh my friend sita and i have been watching 
uh, Terrence Malick movie. So we watched both The Thin Red Line and um, A Hidden Life. And then on my little anime streak that I've been on, I am catching up on Attack on Titan. So just really immersed in the horrors of war on all sides at this point. When you said World War II content, I really did just picture like the most like platonic ideal of a dad watching like the History Channel in a lazy chair. Oh, that's uh, certainly what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're watching something maybe on, on a slightly different wavelength. But anyway, as for myself, this is going to come as no surprise to people who've been following along with each one of these installments. Just still working through The Sopranos, mainly. Uh, we're staring down the uh, season three finale. That's the next episode. Uh, if you're familiar, that means that, yes, I have reached the point where dreams and dream imagery are becoming quite the regular uh, uh, device in The Sopranos, which is great. And it, and it makes everything I've heard from a distance about like this show sharing sensibilities with Twin Peaks um, make a lot more sense. Like, oh, you don't you don't just mean like there's a dream in one episode. You mean like this stuff is embedded in such a way where it's not just like a throwaway it really it really adds to the overall texture of the show and sometimes it involves you know a big mouth billy bass and that's really funny too i also have something on my list that i want to watch hopefully this weekend uh which is willie's wonderland have you heard of this film ashley no tell me more Willy's Wonderland, it is a uh, recent streaming. I guess it has some theatrical showings. I'm certainly not going to go to a theater to see it, and I probably wouldn't uh, in normal circumstances. Uh, Directed by Kevin Lewis, budget of $5 million, starring Nicolas Cage as a silent janitor. I believe he has zero lines in the film, uh, who ends up having to work at Willy's Wonderland, which is both thinly veiled a Chuck E. Cheese, but also, uh, if you're familiar with the franchise Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, a horror game franchise that's very popular and is basically, what if the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics tried to kill you at night? What? Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this movie is clearly capitalizing on the success of those games. And um, instead, it's just going to be, from the trailer, it just seems it's Nicolas Cage versus a bunch of uh furry robots for an hour and a half which i'm certainly looking forward to watching so wow that is going on my list now i had like all of my birthdays i think from probably the time i started forming memories until i was like eight or nine at chuck e cheese that's fascinating we've never (laughs) talked about that and i would not have assumed that for you like, what was the appeal for it for you? Like, what was the major draw? Was it the pizza? Was it the animatronics? The video games? It was just like a family thing. It was just a, a, a thing that always happened. Was it also like other members of your family, like like siblings or like cousins would also do Chuck E. Cheese? Was that like the, the accepted thing? Yeah, my cousins who lived in the area would also do it. Um, and I remember I was really into this like Jurassic Park game at Chuck E. Cheese. It was like you were like sitting in a Jeep and like shooting dinosaurs because I was also really into Jurassic Park as a child. But like my most distinct memory of be besides just like generally being into Jurassic Park, but like my most distinct memory of watching Jurassic Park 
was I think the sequel where they're hiding from the dinosaur behind like a waterfall and then the waterfall just turns red because the dinosaur is just like eating someone and then the blood is like you know flowing Mm -hmm. into the waterfall anyway so I was a weird kid you know there's a lot of stuff (laughs) that we should have just seen coming (laughs) is what I'm saying I, I think I went to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, maybe once or twice. Uh, and it was never, if I recall correctly, for my own birthday. I might have wanted to have a birthday there, but it always, even if I did have one there and I'm remembering it correctly, I always thought of it as like the thing that other kids did. We, we didn't have like cousins who, you know, lived close enough to justify that kind of thing, you know, like, hey, we're going to get you yeah. know, two, three families together and have enough to justify buying 10 pizzas um oh my god yeah so i'm i'm i i I have to say i'm like maybe even a little bit jealous that you had like a a string of birthdays and like a favorite chuck e cheese game it was not like i don't know what your memory of chuck e cheese is necessarily like this was a sticky kind of like gross place sounds perfect (laughs) (laughs) like there were kids throwing up in like all of the play stuff although wow they had those tubes that like went around the hole um you know those like tubes that kids play oh yeah yeah they had those and they would be like on the ceiling wow unlocking a a lot of um... repressed memories at this moment yeah we had a mcdonald's that had a pretty beefy tube set up and um just thinking about those and um how fragile children are and uh the state of the world that we're particularly living in right now i wonder if those are gonna be a thing ever again anymore. oh i i doubt it <laughs> absolutely I think I remember one time, like, a kid got stuck in one, but, like, stuck in the sense that, like, it was, like, a child that was, like, scared, realized, like, how high up they had gotten, and, Mm -hmm. um, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I don't know what the contingency plan was for that. I think, like, ultimately what happened was just, like, a slightly older child came up and was, like, you can get out of here, just come this way, but, um, definitely, like, I don't think adults could fit in there. I have a lot of questions. I'm sure the insurance company did as well. There's a great scene. Uh, great. <laughs> Leading it off that way makes it sound like I'm going to be talking like an all-time moment in cinema. Um, there's a scene in the 1997 film Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, a personal holiday favorite of mine, uh, where he squeezes through a uh, a set of like children's like uh, playhouse tubes at the uh whatever whatever the playhouse is in question at i believe mall of america uh and i have to imagine they had to build a larger standalone tube both for the purposes of maybe framing the shot but also for the purposes of fitting arnold into one of those tubes it has to be yeah my god wow well maybe we should watch willie's wonderland together use one of those fancy like stream share services if you're down oh i'm um, down that'd be fun yeah but i think that co- i think that covers it i think this might also qualify as our shortest episode in history yeah wait i did i did look back at the other movies that i watched i watched two more world war ii movies in that same time i just want to <laughs> put this out there <laughs> okay <laughs> i also watched the ascent which is a great 
very philosophical uh 1977 russian movie actually done by um ellen klimov's wife um and i also watched there is a studio ghibli world war ii movie did you know this mm-hmm. i did have you seen it grave of no. the fireflies holy shit it is very depressing that is what i've always heard yeah that it's incredibly depressing yeah it's just um it's like 45 minutes of watching children starve to death with um studio ghibli animation if we're ever if i'm ever in a you know conversation where it's like hey let's watch a studio ghibli film um it's usually it's usually not the vibe to suggest that one um we're usually thinking more kiki's or totoro you know yeah well, I think that about does it for this little weather report installment of Twin Peaks Peaks. Uh, I am, again, as always, Matthew Olson. You can find me on Twitter. It's just my name. And maybe you'll see some tweets about Twin Peaks if you follow me there. I still do that from time to time, but mostly focused on other things or simply not tweeting at all. Ashley? You can find me at this point publicly on Letterboxd at Ashley Brandt. And um, that's about it for me right now. Cheers. Happy Twin Peaks Day, everybody. And uh, Ashley, if you would do the honors. Don't forget to brush your teeth, Harriet. <laughs>